are now listening. You're now listening to the Students of Success podcast, podcast. with Jack Lee Matthews. Sharing stories to help you find your version of success. Of success. Welcome in, you guys. Today we have a very special guest. We have a somebody that I actually call a dear friend of mine um, from my time in LA. Um, we're bringing in Taj Stansberry, and uh, Taj is uh, you know he's out there in LA. He's doing his thing. Um, I want to let him introduce himself, but you know I wanted to first before you know we kick this off. I wanted to you know point out this fans plan uh, logo here, and Taj is actually the the mastermind behind that. Just a fun factoid for everybody that's watching at home. Uh, Taj, are you there? Yes, I am here. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, buddy. Welcome in. Good seeing you. It's good to see you. Yeah. Taj, I wanted to bring you in because, uh, you know, there's a lot going on in the world. And, you know, you're dealing with superstars on a daily basis, uh, doing, your, you know, what you do. So can you just speak to, like, you know, in the current environment, what you're doing to, like, bring out the best in, you know, the superstars? Uh, well, I'm an artist for one. And so the first thing that I do, even when dealing with like, you know, celebrities, um, is I deal with the human inside of, inside of the celebrity. Um, they have platforms. And so I inspire them to use their platforms, but I don't speak to the, to the celebrity and then I speak to the person in them. It's the uh, way that I got YG to, uh, to, go and see, to go and speak to a therapist on camera to, you know, to make it so that therapy, mental therapy, was taking as seriously as uh, physical therapy, like going to the gym and things like that. Um, our neighborhood, like our culture, and um, black people in general, um, you know, had a problem had a problem with going to therapy. It made them feel like they were broken. Um, we come from um, a background where we, we are trying to rise just to become equal, just to get not shut down in the street. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so. You have to speak to the, to the human in them and to the person in them and the pressures that they are under, um, they, it sometimes requires them to be something that they don't want to be or to not say something or to not speak up because it may, uh, it may put their brand in jeopardy or they have a deal over here with this company or that company and they've been asked to not speak about something or it's just the unspoken rules of branding and marketing and branding. And I remind them that, um, that your career is a part of your life. Your life is not a part of your career and that uh, this is a life thing. And there are some things that are more important than uh, the deals that, that are endorsements, um, because our endorsements and the people that are looking up to us are people that are following in our footsteps. And in order for people to follow, um, to follow you in your footsteps, you have to watch where you're leading them. And, uh, and that comes from the human in you. It's a heart thing, it's not a celebrity thing, and it's not a, a payroll thing, it's not a, it's not a check thing. It's, it, you have to really like, you know, get to the person inside of them and remind them that you understand that, that they are just a person. So I don't, uh, I don't speak to them in a manner in which I recognize their celebrity, um, but I recognize their humanity. I love that. You know, and I think a lot of the part that for me that I've always identified with you is like, you know, you, you came from Oakland, correct? Mm -hmm. You're born and raised in Oakland. So it's like coming right. out of Oakland, you, can you speak to that as like, you know, as you've journeyed to where you are today, you know, what role did Oakland pay, play in your background and in like your vision for like what you want to create in the world? Oakland is a small, beautiful, blue collar, dangerous city. 
Um, you know, a lot of uh, more than 50% of my friends that I grew up with, even in, even in one photograph, there's a photograph of like me and some of my friends, I think I was like maybe nine years old, uh, more than half of them are dead. So this is like, a, it's, and I just happen to be on the other 40%, you know what I'm saying? And so it's one of those places that uh, it inspires like the hustle. Like you're not gonna see many people in Oakland selling shit on the street and, and the police are like, you know, you know, wrangling them up or like, you know, arresting them or asking for their permits. It's an unspoken thing that in Oakland, you get it how you get it. You know what I'm saying? And so it, it was more of like a hustle thing. It also like, it kept my ear to the streets. Like you didn't have to be in the streets, um, but you had to know what was going on in the streets. You had to know where to go because at any given second, like, you know, the blocks are small. It could be this street is beefing with this street and, and they're like one block away. You know what I'm saying? And you get caught in a crossfire. Like I, I came up in Oakland when it was like the kids whose parents were on crack because crack hit first in Oakland. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so it's like a, you can, you can almost feel it. But those kids that were products of those, uh, of those parents that first experienced crack, they're like now, they're now of age, you know what I'm saying? To carry weapons and to be on their own. And they're going in barbershops and they're killing people in broad daylight. This is happening every other day in Oakland. So it gave me, it gave me, um, it inspired me to embrace my city for, for like, for really like what it was, which is a very well-rounded city with very hardworking people where women are electricians and, and uh, longshoremen and, you know, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, Oakland doesn't, it doesn't stereotype nor does it, uh, uh, nor does it um, marginalize people. It just kind of is like, yo, you're a, you are a person, show us what you got, and then you go out and you either fail or you don't. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like that mentality out there. So coming here to LA, I just felt like I had, I had some things under my belt that uh, I'm not saying other cities don't have and other, you know, other people didn't gain from other cities, but Oakland is known for that. And so it's, it's the land of survival. So yeah. I love that. I always identified with you on that, you know, coming from where I come from in North Carolina, you know, nowhere near like Oakland, but definitely a lot of the same mentality of like, hey, if you're gonna make it, you gotta get out there and make it. And right. I always identified with you with that. You know, next can we speak to, you know, it's been like five years since we've seen each other. A lot mm -hmm. has changed in those five years. What do you see as like some, some things that, you know, you, number one as an artist but now as also a producer like and a filmmaker and somebody that can you know captivate the minds of people what do you really see as something that you want to address um i want to i mean there's only one thing to address right now there's only one thing for me to push it's my responsibility as a black man as an african-american man i have to push the fact that we, we like you know i know I, I love and appreciate black lives matter i do I really do. So I want to say that first before I make this next statement so it's not taking out of context. But I am pushing the narrative that this is that this is a very simple solution. Let's not overcomplicate equality. It's a choice that the powers that be have to make yeah. to understand that it isn't equal and why it isn't equal. And this makes and this just makes the change. It's really not that hard. I agree. And so I'm not pushing this grand scheme where it's like, yo, we have to come up with a plan or it's this intricate plan. It's not. If I want to make something equal with you and something's unfair, you know right away. You know what I'm saying? And to make it equal, you know right away what to do. So I'm pushing the narrative 
that uh, I'm pushing, not the narrative, pushing truth, the actual truth, which is the narrative, it's the only narrative, that this is a very simple thing. Let's not act like it's a very overcomplicated thing. And we didn't say that, we didn't say that it was other people's fault. We didn't say it's your fault. But, and that's not, I don't care whose fault it is. I want to know whose responsibility it is. We know that too. If it's your responsibility, if you know that it's your responsibility, like, um, then do do your part and do what it takes. It doesn't take a whole committee of people to come together and say, oh, look, are these all people that are responsible? No, it's an individual thing that happens. You make a decision. And as we make individual decisions, we become a collective when we're making the same decision. I love that. And that's what needs to happen. And so I'm pushing the narrative like, oh, it hasn't happened yet. Well, that's funny because this is a very simple thing. Yeah. Yeah, Tazi, it really is. I mean, I, I'm in complete agreement with you that, you know, systematically we need, we need change. And, um, you know, I think one of the things for me is like seeing somebody like yourself who is so creative and like your work speaks, you know, volumes, especially to my, to me is like, I'm very sensitive and I try to always like feel what other people are feeling. And I don't necessarily always understand, but I try to always feel what they're feeling and try to understand what's going on. Right. I also know that like, uh, you wrote a book, right? You wrote a book, Turbulence. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that as well? Cause like, what were you trying to convey in that book? Uh, what were you trying to convey in that book? Um, Turbulence was a, um, it was about the first, it covers the first 10 years of my career. Uh, I always got questions about the, me- the medium of my work. Um, one of the main questions was, are you the same Taj that did this? Because my work, I've, I've basically, I've done, I've done so many things that, you know, I can, I, I can see where people would, f- would find confusion in the person that did this Cadillac campaign over here to the person that wrote this book that did this piece of art in this museum or whatever it is, right? So um, I wrote that book because I woke up one morning and um, after a funeral and I just came back into town and I came home, went to sleep. I landed at maybe like seven in the morning or something like that. I went to sleep and I woke up. And when I woke up, I was like, you know, I wanna read what happened to my friend. I want to read it in detail. So I went online and there was nothing, nothing. And it's like, he didn't even exist. And so that was really disheartening to understand that he didn't leave anything behind. And you don't have to be famous to leave anything behind for him to remember. But this is a time where you have to really be responsible. I wanted it to be tangible. I wanted it to be something that someone could hold. And I wanted to put it out into the world so there was no misunderstandings about where I come from, why my work looks the way that it does. And so the book is, it tells a tale about me, it tells the story of me, and but through the people that influenced me and how they all played a part. So every other, like, I think it's, it's 302 page book. So every, I think it's 40 pages or something like that, there's a, there's a gold page that says a person's name on it and like a, a light pink a typeface. The, file, the next page next to it, you see a picture of a younger person. It's black and white, but that picture is a photo of either my mother, my stepfather, my brother, my mentors, but all when they were young, like my age, so that you could so that you could feel me as just being an idea once upon a time, before I was even, you know what I'm saying? Like here's them when they were making, when they were coming up and being who they were, becoming who they are, which would, which would eventually uh, become me. I would be a product of them. And this is them when they were striving at my age 
And so I talk about them and I talk, tell stories about them and my encounters with them and what changed my life and what I, uh, what, what I took from them and how I incorporated, incorporated that into my work. Um, being a kid that came from LA first to Oakland when I was eight years old and moved into this house full of jazz music, one small TV and paintings everywhere. And it was my stepfather who was a, a Boston, very militant kind of man. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a, a, a young boy coming from a single mother. And I come into this city where it's too short, the Raiders, hella just rap music, slapping trunks into candy paint cars. It was like a complete culture shock. And I'm just thrown right in the middle of East Oakland. You know what I'm saying? Um, with kids that's like, yeah, you talk funny. Why do you look like that? Why are you wearing a sweater, man? What's your name? Taj. What kind of name is that? You know what I'm saying? Look, man, we're going to call you this. And give me, you know what I'm saying? And it was just this whole entire thing. And then, you know, and I went from being very afraid to a few different things happening to me that made me feel really tall. Mm. You know, and, and those experiences, I, they play out in my work in a myriad of ways. I love that. Do you, do you have a sequel plan for you? another book? Yeah, I'm 70%, I'm about 70% done with it, only because I had a designated amount of pages for it. And so I wanted to be able to, to guarantee the publisher um, and my manager like the first book, like I got on a lot of people's nerves because I didn't know how long it was. I didn't really have a plan. I was just kind of going through it and I was never done. I was like, well, when is it going to be done? My brother flew from New York, flew from New York um, to here just to tell me that he said, my done is better than your perfect. Will mm -hmm. always be better than your perfect. So okay. let it be finished. Let it be finished so that people can receive it. Boy. That's a very good point that you bring up. So, I did, yeah. so yeah, it's called Turbulence. The next book is called Turbulence Above the Setting Sun. It's a three, it's a, uh, a three book um, series, um, three sixty page books that make one hundred and eighty pages, and it's called Above the Setting Sun. I know. Where can people get your book at? Uh, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on um, the Apple Store, like the iTunes Store, or whatever, or iBook Store, um, uh, Blurb.com. It's a Pretty much all you have to do is just look it up, Turbulence, on Google, and it'll come up and show you all the places you buy it. Awesome. In one of your yeah. interviews that I came across, Taj, I saw that uh, you, you were talking about how artists, you know, they need to have a healthy relationship with themselves. Can you speak mm -hmm. to that? Yeah. Um, so I always tell people that when you have a healthy relationship with yourself um, and you can be honest with yourself, that will enable you to be able to see people. Because there are, there's a lot of things that we have in common, a lot of commonalities, like our insecurities, um, a lot of things that we're worried about. We're worried about some of the same things. We're on the, the same earth, you know what I'm saying? So we experience a lot of the same things at different times, but it comes an age, you know, an age where, you know, you've experienced love, you've experienced heartbreak, you've experienced, and I'm talking to you directly, and I can almost guess these things, and you'll say, yeah, that doesn't make me a guru. It just makes me, I understand. I understand why it's like that, and, you know, and at a certain age, you experience certain things. You've seen the world a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, you know, like, you know, it's like to be on an airplane and experience turbulence, you know? So that's one of the reasons why I even call it a book, because we know what that's like. It's scary. But we always know, we're, we kind of always know that we're going to land, and sometimes you don't. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, you know, it's, it's one of those scary things. We're always taking a risk. Um, but, yeah, getting to know yourself, man, it's like the more you know yourself, the more you can see others. I don't feel like you can be in a good, in good shape to help others um, if you don't really know yourself. You know what I'm saying? You can't really, the judgments that you make, like you're never gonna always be right anyway, but the judgments that you make and the things that you decide to put into the world to affect people, how do you know, how can you do that if you aren't even honest with yourself? It's like the thing with art, 
have you ever seen a piece of art and you've been like, man, this is... So you just put like blood on a dollar yeah. and blew it up. Oh, a big dollar with some blood on it. Bullet holes too, huh? I get it, this is America. And you're like, that's, but you can feel it. Art doesn't allow you to lie. It doesn't allow you to lie. Even if you don't get something, you, even if you don't get something or, you, or you're not fond of the way something looks, a piece of art, you still, sometimes you're just like, you know what, this is not for me. But it doesn't mean that it's, that it doesn't mean necessarily that it's lying. Some art is just like, that's not art. It's not art. Just because it exists and you put something together, doesn't mean that it's art. If it's not honest, and if it isn't for, and if it isn't for the world, then it isn't art. If it's just for you, it's not art. I it's not. That. That's, that's how I feel. So yeah, I, as an artist, you you have to be honest with yourself. You have to have a good relationship with yourself. You have to be able to look in the mirror and tell yourself, I am, uh, for lack of better words, I'm fucking up, or I hurt someone. You have to be able to apologize. That kind of leads into my next question because we all get distracted at times, right? What uh? What is the secret to staying focused, in your opinion? Falling in love. Mm. I'm in love with what I do. And when you love something or you love someone, you're always focused on them. You can't take your eyes off of them. I love that. I'm more responsibility. That's real. That's real. Mm -hmm. uh, next question is, um, you know, doing things, you know, a lot of times things are, are out of budget or, you know, things are, you know, you just never know, right? Things are always changing whenever you're, you're creating, right? Whenever things, when things mm -hmm. go wrong, Taj, um, and let's say you're working with like a, a huge, you know, name out there, when things go wrong, what does, what the, what do you do to bring everything full circle back around to get everything where it needs to be? Um, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like I've been blessed. Um, the only time, there's only been one time where things went wrong, where I, what I would call wrong. Um, and there was no circling back. There was no way to, to fix it because we had already, once I realized that it was wrong, the punishment was already being handed out. Uh, I, did, I did this one video that the whole world was waiting for. And we didn't have the proper, I didn't know this at the time, but we didn't have the proper permits to do what we were doing on set. And someone called, someone, a neighbor, to call the cops. And um, when the cops came, they asked for the permit and we didn't have the right permit, so they shut us down. Now, the good news is we were already done that day, pretty much. But the bad news was the artist that I was working with was going on their first world tour, uh, not the next day, but the day, but the day after. But when you when you get your permit taken, when you um, don't have the right permit and you, you're issued a ticket, it comes with a 24-hour suspension. So we couldn't shoot the next day, and the next day he was gone. And so we had to can the video. And the video never came out and it was probably going to be one of my best videos ever of all time and to till this day people still ask me about it because i was doing like a lot of interviews about the video um once this artist announced the, uh, who the director was going to be for the song that was the number one song on his album um and uh yeah that was i, I learned that lesson so that i could apply i could apply that lesson to other jobs but i didn't get to apply it to that one that's real, man. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. It's, um, it's easier for an artist uh, to get in the game today because of social media, right? Would you, would you agree? Yes. And like, just curious, like, what do you see, like, what do you see people doing wrong online? And what do you see people doing right online? Um, 
you know, you have an agenda. You're either going to be personal on there. It's just going to be like, if your brand is who you are, like Tyler, the creator, he was genius in the fact that he was exactly, he put out exactly who he was in the very beginning. And it was jarring and it was hard to look at, but you get used to anything that refuses to leave. And we started to accept him because we, had, we started to tolerate him. Either tolerate him or accept him. And which then gives him ample time to grow, to grow on us and to make music with Pharrell and to do these things where we're like, oh, okay, you stick around long enough and you're like, oh, he can't, he's not leaving. You, you, you learn how to, you kind of learn how to accept him because you don't really have a choice. Um, it's the, uh, and so, you know, he was able to be online and say ridiculous things that we feel are ridiculous, but they were coming from who he was. And it also worked for his brand because his brand was him as opposed to some artists where they have to become someone completely different and they have to wear 90 chains, you know, and they're not being fake and, you know, and they put their lives in danger in some, in some instances because they're who they are as an artist and, you know, and who they are as a person so far away from each other that, you know, when you're online late at night at three o'clock in the morning and you've been drinking and you're upset and your girlfriend's broke up with you, whatever it is, you just go, you just type some shit. And you're like, wait, what? Like, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh man, I knew he was fake. Or I knew he was this, or I knew he was that. And it's like, nah, that's him being real actually. That's actually who he really is, right? And so there becomes this confusion because we don't have the time. We're like, choose one, choose one. And then we're gonna stick with that. Who do you want us to be a fan of? Let us be a choice, let, let us make a choice. And you can't be two people. But these artists sometimes are like, look, this is the persona that I want. And they get in trouble and they get, you know, chastised for being fake drug dealers or fake yep. this or fake that. You know what I'm saying? So that's the number one mistake they make is before social media is who they decide, who they decide they're going to brand. And it's quite often not who they are. Sure. I think it's not just artists. You know, that was one of the reasons why with the tag tagline that I chose, real people, real influence, because I saw that was a huge thing, not just in my, even my own personal life. There's been times in my life where I felt like a fraud, basically, right? Because you're doing things, you know, to try to make ends meet or whatever. And it's like, mm -hmm. you get so far away from like where you started at, right? Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. for me in my own process and like what I try to create over here at Fans Plan is like, I wanted to create a platform that did allow people to, now again, it's up to that person, but if they choose to be their real authentic self, they have a platform that is conducive for that. Because I think- Right, and here's the thing about your logo. Here's the thing about your logo. I want to let everyone know that's going to be watching this. The yellow in the logo on the P, um, it, it, the P stands for plan, obviously, but the yellow stands for the light is always on. The light is always on, which means that we're always working, which means that, um, you know, when someone's light is on, you feel like you can ring the doorbell because the light is on. That's how we usually say it. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's fans playing, you know what I'm saying? Real people, real influence. But for me, on my side, designing it, I was like, the light is on. I love that. I think, I, just, I think there's something to be said about that and just being, you know, having your door open, you know, having your door open where people can feel that they, they're welcome, right? Especially in today's world, right? That is also, you're gonna, you know, do you're gonna do a crew neck, bro. I just got it. You're gonna do a crew neck that says the light is on. I need one. It's a size large. I need a couple of them just in case I, I wash and dry one and it gets small. Okay. Thanks. You all heard it. Just in case he says that he can, I never told him. Y'all heard it. The light is on. I already knew. I already knew. I mean, to me, that always signified the exact, exactly like you were saying that, you know, fans plan in a way is like a lighthouse, right? And it, yep. and it is. It's, it's showing people the light, it's showing people, hey, there's a better way. And number, number one, be your best authentic self. You know, I think that was one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on because as long as I've known you, Taj, 
dealing with as successful people that I've seen in your house, in your home, you know, on your couch. And it's like seeing those, seeing that, but then always seeing like how real and like how consistent in the same Taj, no matter if YG sit on his couch or not, it's, it's Taj, you know? And I think there's something to be said about that in 2020 where everybody is kind of like looking over their shoulder. What's this person going to think about me? You've, do it, you've done it right. And I think that's the thing, you being the artist that you are and also being the creative mastermind that you are, you have the eye and you kind of, but, but genuinely beyond the eye, you actually care. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I, I care because, um, you know, there, for, a, for a long time, I didn't feel like I deserved like um, all the things that were happening to me. I didn't know why they were happening. They were happening so fast and with speed um, comes less control. Um, that's with anything, you know, you're driving your car 30 miles per hour, you hit a bump, you'd be okay. You go on 130 and you no one, you, they may be burying you in three days. You know what I'm saying? And so it was going 200 miles per hour for me. It was going so fast and people had caught on, the world had caught on to my eye and decided that they were going to further their careers with my eye, but my heart wasn't ready in my mind. Um, in terms of my relationship with myself, I wasn't, I won't say that I wasn't ready because I wouldn't be here today, but I was ready to survive, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I was ready to, to uh, take on you know that kind of responsibility. Um, but my survival skills are impeccable, and so I I think that's what pushed me through. Um, but uh, yeah, for a long time I, I I thought that okay, this next job they're gonna find out that I'm just this is just survival. Like okay, this next job, and then and then. Uh, I told my mom, I told my mom that I was planning on doing something else outside of this industry. She's like, why? And I was like, well, you know, who knows how long this is going to last? And she turned around. She said, as long as you want it to. She was like, you have it. You have it. You've always had it. And she kind of reminded me of some things that I forgot about. Like I, I was in a museum when I was 10 years old. You know what I'm saying? I'd done this piece of artwork where I accidentally, um, I accidentally wrote something in another language that people thought was prolific. And I, it was a complete, total accident at the time. Um, it's actually hanging in my aunt's house now, but it was in this museum, and um, an open museum when I was 10 years old. And she said, you know, you even accidentally fall into, you fall into a beautiful light. And she was like, I think you need to more so start to embrace that and, just, and to stop disrespecting it and disrespecting God and, um, and the universe and acting like everything is an accident when it happens to you. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And so she goes, I think when you try to embrace it. Can you repeat that? Because I think a lot of times, you know, that was one thing that for me has actually helped me, you know, in the past five years is I actually stopped saying, hey, this is crazy. And I started saying like, no, this is actually like, I'm right on my path. Like, this is exactly what's right. No, this is not crazy at all. Yeah, I say it out loud in front of people and it, it comes off kind of arrogant sometimes. But they're like, well, aren't you excited all the time? And I'm like, huh, I'm excited. I mean, maybe when it's done or whenever that happens, when I see how it affects the world, you know? No, you gotta be excited. I'm like, no, I don't. Like, this is supposed to happen. I'm not surprised. I'm not excited, maybe, but I'm not surprised. Excited and surprised to kind of like, you know, feel like cousins. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I don't want to be surprised or anything. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I mean, if, if more people started realizing that everything isn't just happening by chances, that this is actually, you know, everything in our life is, is way more connected than we realize. I think a lot of people would start to step into their purpose a lot faster. Um, my next question. I think that being a servant, being a servant is fucked up, though, yo. That's fucked up because people don't want to be a servant. 
Mm. Like a servant isn't a bad thing. A servant is actually this is this is like the root of every. This is like the root of this question. Excuse me. I know you're gonna ask me something else, but like I want to make the point that I am a servant. I said it in this Forbes documentary. Forbes is this documentary on me or whatever uh, two years ago, and I, and and I almost didn't say it. And I remember at the very end, I was like, "Yo, let me do one more thing. Let me say one more thing." You know what I'm saying? I want people to know that I am a servant. You know what I'm saying? Like. It is the most gracious thing you can do is to be a servant of others. It's the best thing you can do is to put yourself number two. It is the true number one, what we're always trying to get to when we're selfish and thinking about ourselves. Um, when you're only serving yourself and you're not serving the world, you ultimately will fail and will feel that failure. I, I you will agree. Feel that failure. I mean, you know? one of the things with Fans Plan was that, you know, we don't make any money on Fans Plan until we've helped people make money. That was something for me as I, you know, transitioned away from everything that I'd done before, you know, with car sales and all those different things. And it's just like now, you know, with fans plan, seeing people, helping people, genuinely taking an interest in their goals, right? And yes. where they want to go. Like for me, it's like, I think when, when you make that switch and then you, you say like, hey, I am going to serve other people. For mm -hmm. me, that's when my success started happening. Can you speak to that? Yeah. Um, I, uh. I did a few, a couple of things. There's a couple of moments that I had where I felt something I'd never felt before. And each time it was more intense. Uh, the first time was when I did this, I shot this photo of a man by the name of, I, I can't remember his last name, but his name was Ricky. And they called him Ricky the Pirate. And a lot of people may know him from being downtown, downtown LA. He wore a pirate hat, he was homeless, and he's always like, past you you know he was uh, uh on drugs and he was, you know living in the streets but what i found out about ricky is that ricky had done a lot of things in la he'd been an actor at one point in time he was like a, uh, he was even a police officer in the 70s like you know he had done a lot of things and he was loved for who he was ricky uh one day had uh i was walking down the street and he had 12 he had 12 photos in his hand as i'm walking to go get some some chai tea, right? 12 photos, they're Polaroids of him that he was selling for a dollar. By the time I got my chai tea and I came back, he only had one left. And I was like, where the other ones? I was like, where the other ones go? I want options. Oh, they all go, man, I sold them already. And I was like, yeah, right, dude, it's in the corner somewhere. You know, da, da, da. and then as I was walking, I saw people with, I saw people with them in their hands. Wow. And I stopped and was like, thanks, Ricky. And the feeling that I had, when I saw that, I was like, I have to take a photo of him. That's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. People, people stay up all day trying to sell a product, man, and don't and don't do that. And people were buying a Polaroid from this man, and I was like, they bought a Polaroid from a, from a homeless man. I said, no, they bought Polaroids from a man. You know what I'm saying? Like that that shines through what he was to show you who he was, and that like really it, it humbled me. Any moment where you feel bad about yourself, it is a moment where you can grow. It's a moment where you should grow. If you, if you can be honest with yourself and say, I underestimated him. I looked at him and judged him for what he was, for what I saw. Um, and that's, that's not what he's projecting. That's a good point. I want to stop you right there. Can you speak to that as well? Because I think with you being who you are and being in the creative space, and, and I, I don't feel that you judge a book by its cover, but I feel that so many other people do. Can you speak to that as well? Yeah, it's a time. It's a timing. We, we're impatient. We have a lot of things to do. We're on the go 24 hours in a day. We sleep and we sleep away a third of it. So it's like, we don't have the time. Our time is so precious. No, it's not, it's not the time is precious. It's what, it's, it's what you do in that time. 
It's what the decisions that you make are precious. It's who you are is precious. Your being is precious. You know what I'm saying? What you do with time, time, time will be here when you're gone. You know what I'm saying? It's still here. You, you may run out of it, but it's not that precious. What you do with it is precious. The decisions you make, your impact is what's precious. The feeling you get is precious. And so it's a major misconception. And people say these things and we, and we abide by these things and we adopt them because everyone else is. And they're not necessarily true. And sometimes they're very detrimental to, to our demise. You know, and not being able to operate in this world, a world that is very complex, a world that uh, has a lot of influence on us, a world that, you know, some of the most dangerous things don't make you bleed nor uh, overdose. But we're overdosing on bad information all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. No, it's not. It doesn't even make sense. Speak to that a little bit because, you know, where, where I came from, Tosh, see, but where I came from, money was kind of viewed as that. Like if you, if you wanted to be successful, if you wanted to like have nice things, like, oh my gosh, like uh, you're, you're just, you're asking for too much. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, um, you, you, can, you can, there is such thing as asking for, uh, there is such thing as asking for too much, but there's no such thing as earning too much. Um, and what you earn and what you, what you earn, um, what you earn and your impact on the world, um, there's a lot of ways to, to see how someone earns something. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, monetary wealth. Um, you can earn things by even bartering. You know, there's that story about the person that started with a paperclip and bartered their way all the way up to a, a car or a house or something like that, right? That's what that was for. It was to show you that value, that there's a lot of value in the things that are around you. We just don't see the value in it. But it wouldn't exist if it didn't have value. Even manure has value, and that's shit. Mm. So, you know what I'm saying? Literal. So there's value in everything, man. And, and, uh, and um, you know, I, um, yeah, it's just. That's a very good point, because I think a lot of people, Taj, they know the price of everything, but they know the value of nothing. And so right. I, think that you're, I think you're hitting it right on the head, and especially with, understanding how to use your time wisely, understanding that number one, it's a gift that you even have this life, right? To be a servant, that's also critical. We've touched that. But also, like you said, man, just being the best version of yourself, showing up every day, like with that right mindset, like don't judge anybody because you don't never know what somebody else is going through. You don't, you don't, you know, and it's, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's hard when something doesn't work for you and that person seems like responsible, but there's so many, variables that lead to uh that, that you know that add up or amount to some to whatever conclusion and uh, oftentimes like i said we don't have the time is what we tell ourselves you know we don't have the time we've adopted this thing where it's like yeah we judge a book by its cover right away and if not if not right and we start right like you know or i don't judge a book by its cover or you you know then that person is saying that still actually does it because we don't have the time it's a very hard thing to do in defense to humanity and people it's a very hard thing to do when you are on the go and you're always late and in the world like today where there's something like something that is literally killing people and it's invisible and you can go touch a door and die six weeks later your brother you really don't have the time people don't really really don't have the time you know what i'm saying and so you know i was talking about this edd thing you know and I, i'm like where it helps a lot of people um the people that are get are receiving it that don't need it are uh, that don't need it, that are just getting it because they know that they can, but don't need it. It's, or, or haven't earned that kind of money before in their life and they're just using it, you know what I mean? And it's, it feels free, it's crippling. 
it's crippling to people that don't need it and they don't know because you know, now you, you, you're losing. If you'll spend a certain amount, if you'll spend the money that you get from the government, you think that it's free, it's actually going to cost you more. And it's not going to cost you more monetarily. It's going to cost you more because your respect for it is going to lower. You mean now I have to work for it when, when it when it runs out? And it's just enough money to make people make bad decisions afterwards. People are going to quit their jobs. They're going to start doing legal things. This is going to happen. Because this is, and this is why you call it money is the root of all evil, but it's not. It's who's in control of it and why and why they're doing it and why it's particular amounts of money. Yeah. $15,000 seems like a lot of money to, 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 to a person that's never had it at once. Yeah. But the average person has had more than $15,000 in their lifetime, way more, right? And so, but the, that, that, the fact that it's there and it's yours and you spend that, that's enough time. Over time, you can spend that amount of money but by the time you're finished spending that last dollar, that fifteen thousand, you've lost that much respect. And I don't think people gauge that. How much respect have you lost for the dollar and what it can do, mm. right? And it, it's it's a scary thing because I'm not like a part of like the high like the the high order or like whatever they call it, the higher power or whatever, the Illuminati or anything like that. It's not you know. But like when something is too good to be true, mm. and when a when a when a world when a country that is corrupt as ours is uh, when a country as corrupt as ours, um, in debt like we are, is giving away money. Brother, you're in trouble. We're in trouble. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Sure. And For sure. Let me ask you this. How has COVID-19, how has it kind of like, uh, has, it, has it stopped things for you? Or like, was it, is it? No. No? Oh, well, I'm an artist. I'm, I'm an artist. The one good thing about me being able to, me living and being successful in, in, uh, in you know, through different mediums of art is that, um, is that you know if you don't need one piece of my art then you probably you, most likely you need another or you feel like you do and so i've been doing like a lot of home installations like a lot like kind of like or i want to be like it's unbelievable but it's not because i've worked it out in my head why it's happening people are at home and people are looking for change and you can't leave and you and you're taking it seriously and and you are quarantined you're tired of looking at the same walls because you haven't had to look at them for so long so much so often and so you're switching things around you're moving your furniture you're buying new things you know i want to look at some new art look what i did i want to live in a place that's new i can't travel to this hotel where everybody was saying so let me make my own hotel let me do this and you start to kind of find who you are because you're with yourself and art is a huge part of that i want color you know what i mean um i was i was offended by someone that said yeah can you uh i love the piece but do you think you can add some fuchsia to it and i was like <laughs> Fuchsia. You don't even know what the piece means. Why would I want to add fuchsia to it? You just want to do it to match your stupid little, your stupid little couch. And then I was like, Todd, you got to chill out, bro. This is a different time. And that's okay that someone wants us to match the couch. We're looking for comfort. And however they find that comfort, they're asking you to provide it. So shut the fuck up and do it. You know? I love it. And so I did. I love it, man. I love, I love everything that you're about. Let me ask you this because Right now, you know, the media is forcing us, um, you know, to look through everything through like this, you know, political prism, right? So like, yeah. which is, which sometimes also distorts our reality, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, as you focus on the future, you know, what is on your radar screen and what is just crying out for attention that you are going to put your attention on? You know, this kind of, can, we can wrap it up here with this, with this question. You know, what is Taj for the rest of the year? Like, what are you focusing on? Like. Full, full go. What are you doing? Well, I, 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 I uh, well, forever in my lifetime, forever, always, and since while I'm here, I made a commitment to um, 
to the um, to the um, the empowerment to empowering black men because a lot of the reasons why we are where we are too is because of our level of confidence uh, what we're taught when you come into the world um, you're treated a certain way all the way from the beginning if you notice like you're treated a certain way if you feel uncomfortable around other ethnicities or other cultures or you know different places it's um, you know it's you're it is like you know you're systematically you're, you're kind of programmed and brainwashed into thinking that this is the way that you should behave uh, or you should feel pity feel like, like you need pity and really it's like this should be this should inspire you pain the pain that you feel is a burn from conditioning mm. it's not don't look at it as abuse mm. right um, demand respect right but the burn that you feel from the disrespect think about it as conditioning not abuse abuse people that are abused um people that are abused and take it as just as only abuse and i'm not saying don't look at it don't, i'm not saying that this person didn't abuse you i'm saying to look at it as to not look at it as a whole entire to not look at it in terms of like life and, and not, to not look at it on, on on the highest level um which we should look at everything we should attempt to look at everything on the highest level you can look at something as being as someone abusing you and you needing someone else to, to save you or to heal you. And people do need people, but what I want to inspire people to do is to look at, if you're still breathing, if something happens to you and you still have life, to look at it as conditioning. Because there's a lesson to be learned um, and that uh, should inspire you to A, uh, never treat anyone like that, um, but to also you know, treat people with compassion. Um, you can also you know, um, be inspired to do that when someone shows you that a certain level of compassion, which is why I try every day that I go outside, I don't even go outside every day, but when I do, I try to, I try to make someone laugh, sing someone a song, or give them a, a compliment. I cannot sing, by the way, or give them a compliment that I have to actually mean, it has to be true. Oh, nice shoes, da, da, da. Like, fuel the world with what you, with what you have to offer. And the one thing you have to offer is uh, as a compliment or making someone feel good. And so, it comes down to the very simple social responsibilities as a human, to humanity, all the way to you, uh, whatever your career is or your, your career path or your job description. Um, that's what I'm doing. I'm just doing my, I try to do my job every single day as a human for humanity. And my job just happens to be, you know, something that is uh, for humanity as well. And so I, I stopped making it a career thing and start making it a life thing. I have managers and agents for my career. Uh, I'm just living my life. Let me so, ask you a question, Josh. Let me ask you a question. Let me. You know, let me get. You said you were in the air. I have to go by. I'm just joking. What's up? <laughs> What's going on? Now, listen. Let me let me ask you a question. Yeah. Because obviously, um, you know, I am, I'm white, right? So because you I'm white, because I'm white, um, I feel a responsibility because I love people of color, and because of that, I feel a responsibility. I noticed. To 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 speak out and and to really help them. What sh what can I do? Being who I am, um, you know, a 29-year-old white man um, in America, what can I do and, and what can my audience do as well um, if they're on the other side of the, the you know, but the other side? You're doing it right now. You're doing it right now. You're doing it right now. And the fact that you're asking what you can do while you're doing it, 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 it resonates with me. Let me know that you are a kind soul and uh, you're doing what you can. Um, you're doing it right now. I just feel like we gotta do more, man. It's like yeah, that's the idea is to do more, but that also comes from you. 
So that's something that, that's something because there's two things that have to match. Um, something that you feel good about and something that you're capable of doing and being and can do it consistently. Yeah, yeah. Well, with fans plan, you know, I just want to empower people. And that's, that's also, you know, what we're doing is just trying to empower people. Taj, I guess my last question, this will be the final, final question for you, is like, who would you suggest people, you know, startup entrepreneurs, who would you suggest like they watch, study and learn from, you know, um, if their goal is to build like a personality um, driven business? Um... That's a good question. Uh, I mean, let me think about who I watch. I mean, people have different tastes, but you know what I would say. Uh, I like watch Steve Stout talk a lot. He has an understanding of of how uh, how his understanding of what we're actually paying for when we spend a dollar, even though we think we're paying for some a jersey, just a jersey. You know what I'm saying? How much does this jersey cost? That's not actually what we're paying for. Um, it's the, you know, it's the reason why we want the Kobe Bryant number eight jersey from the actual store with the, everything on it instead of someone making it for us with the eight and it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like what you, what you are paying for is what you want people to think about you, what you want people to, it's, it's what you are paying for is what you represent and what you're, what you're saying when you put something on your body or when you, uh, hit follow on someone's page, it's, it's what you're saying is that I, there's something about this person that is. That, that, that's in me as well. I am all these things, you know what I'm saying? And so there are people that understand how to look at, how to look at what we're actually paying for and how, uh, what, the, what the human value system is at different levels and different, and different demos. Steve Stout, uh, Jordan, Clark, uh, uh, Jordan Peterson, um, uh, uh, Bobby Joseph, who's my brother actually, my stepbrother, um, really good. Um, Who's, who else has a page? There's been some pages where I'm like, oh, um, uh, Everett Taylor from Artsy. Um, really good. These are people who are just consistent um, and very articulate. They know how to articulate. Um, they know how to articulate what, why, when, how, um, and why you should and when you should. Um, yeah, they have all of the W's so that I've seen. And then they're consistent. Um, yeah. Oh, even even there's a a, a female. Um, her name is uh, Lena Rama. She's my friend and really good friend of mine. And I was hanging out with her the other day, and I told her I said, like, "You're really consistent." Like she, her consistency made me kind of redefine what consistent meant. Hmm. She's been consistent from day one, and she was even a little bit. She was like, "I can't believe this is happening to me," and I'm like, "What?" Like, yeah, very consistent and like. She, I advise everyone to start from the very bottom. I don't care how much money you have to start a business, right? Start doing things yourself. Like learn how to troubleshoot, learn the actual crap. Don't just pay people to do things because if something is to crash or that person is to leave and you can't fill it in, you know what I'm saying? Then you're, you're in trouble. And so like you, the, the number one insurance you can have for, uh, to, to protect your business and, and, you know, is, is, your, is yourself and your, the knowledge that you have of every position. Um, there isn't anything that I can't do. There's nothing that I can do. If I, if I have to sit down and do an edit, I can. I don't, but I can. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that I can, it makes it, it, it gives me extra security and extra insurance that I'll be successful. I love it, man. I love everything you said. I hope that everybody that's listening and, and watching this can get, you know, what I've gotten out of this. And, and it's, it's so much that I'm, I'm going to have to go back and listen to it myself over and over. But it's just, man, you really dropped it, dropped some bombs here today. And I really thank you, you know, number one, for your time. But also, just, I just thank you, Taj, for who you are. You know, I think that 
in the day and age that we're living in, like people that actually care, man, like those are the people that it's about, man. Like there's so many people out here that just, they don't care. Right. And, and I've, and I've, you know, I've, I've been a fan of Taj for, for over five years and it's like to see you be consistent for five years. Um, and I don't know what you would say about me. You know, I don't know what you would say about me, but from me watching you, you have inspired me to just to be the best version of myself, to be consistent. And I think that's one thing is that I hope my audience can also take away from you is like, you know, that, that, that it's possible. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't go live with, I don't go live with every, with everybody. I don't no, go live with everybody. I know that brother. And I, and I really appreciate that, man. That's the thing is like, when you said you'd, you'd have on and no questions asked, I was like, man, this is awesome, buddy. Thank you so much. Todd, we'll stop talking before they start listening. And uh, man, just thank you for your time, bro. Thank you, man. Thank Appreciate you. you. Later. Later.